I have questions. All right. Uh, well, let me just lay it out like this real quick. Um, obviously, I did not grow up with the nostalgia and the hype why they're coming out. Um, I'm going back into it. I have, you know, open expectations. Um, one was just it's just a real kids movie. The Sorcerer's Stone, I thought it was just a real when that that's okay. You nailed um, it on that. It's a kids movie. Yep. And and two kind of followed that same theme. Um mm-hmm. they they were good. They were okay though. And I was like, you know what? This is all right. Um Harry Potter's cool. Yeah. Three on its own may be a nine out of ten. Number four is probably an eight out of ten. Or nine, and I thought five was amazing too. I eight or nine out of ten, but then six was without question the worst film in the entire franchise, The Half Blood Prince. I thought that was terrible. So then I go into the Deathly Hollows, and I just thought, after being the chosen one and being at Hogwarts so long, Harry Potter would do something cool. I just didn't think. I thought Harry just wasn't cool enough for me. I thought he was a boring main character i didn't like harry i thought the beginning was tough to the series and the ending was tough to the series um along with star wars i didn't love the movies as a whole but i love what the world has like the things you can do with that you know the you know just there's so much that can come from it but i just thought the movies i just thought as a whole i'd say six out of ten but three four or five right in the middle was a really good stretch. I just thought the beginning was like, meh, a little too kiddy for me. And then the ending, I was like, I just, I didn't like how it ended. Yeah, you put on here, I found myself finishing each movie feeling like I'm completing a task rather than enjoying it. Yeah, because like, if if Harry Potter wasn't such a big thing in pop culture and like with people our age, I would, wouldn't I, have finished I, it? I don't, I don't know. I probably would have saw it through because I was so many movies in. But again, six, seven, and then into eight, it was like, I'm just finishing these now because I need to say that I've seen them. They just weren't very good. But um, yeah. like I said, I in, one and two is getting me into it. Three, four, and five were great. Um, I understand it's a hot take because the people who do love Harry Potter love Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. So I, I get that they like it. But it's the same kind of Star Wars for me. I just I can't get on board with with it being elite. It's meh. Yeah, I do think it would have benefited you had you watched it from a younger age. So therefore, Absolutely. you weren't forced to watch them back to back to back, and you had that debriefing time. Because I yeah. do think while the first two movies you nailed it, they're kid movies. The next three movies, I think one of the reasons they're so good is because they're really progressing through life and through like what is considered almost like a high school in a way with Hogwarts. And um, and I just the one thing that you said that I think I kind of like agree, but almost disagree in a way. I think Harry Potter did a really good job of. At the at the from the very first movie to the very end, I think he was always in wow. That he was Harry Potter. Does that make sense? Like the fact that he yeah, was he, the boy who lived, I just, he, was. he he never got cocky. Like if I was, if I was tried to, if somebody tried to murder me and I didn't die, I'd be like, dude, I'm fucking Harry Potter, man. Like he never literally took on that. It's, it's not, it's not so much his personality. It's just, he's kind of the, you know, the boy who lived and he's like, mm-hmm. he has this good bloodline of family and it seems like he's destined for greatness. And the only thing he could do is point a wand at Voldemort and shoot his magic at his. He didn't have a, a wide array of spells he was sweet with. He didn't do any cool stuff. It was like, hey, Hermione, give us an enchantment. Or, hey, Ron, just show up at the right time. Like, Harry Potter never, like, to me, it was like, he didn't save the day ever. Like, yeah. Harry Potter never saved the day. I get it at the end. Oh, he killed Voldemort. I mean, I, I guess. But, like, all he did is he's like, hey. I'm chosen to defeat you. <laughs> Let me point my wand at you. Like, yeah. What? There was never a time where I was like, "Let's go, Harry." Like, it, it just never happened. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Uh, like let's talk. Me. Let's talk about some more pop culture here, man. Uh, these next two topics, I I don't know how long they'll run. Uh, they 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 
honestly, we could do an hour long podcast on each of them, but we'll just, uh, we'll see where it goes. Uh, Tom Brady retired. I did mm-hmm. a, uh, I did a podcast with me and Maisie, unfortunately audio issues. I'm, I'm going to try and piece it together. It, it, it's, I used a new platform that me and you have never even used and it just didn't go well, but uh, I thought the podcast was good. I wish I could have uploaded it. And then I just did a quick drive home pod on just my, my immediate thoughts after two days of thinking. And, uh, hopefully I did that somewhat justice, but I was kind of wanting to hear from you. I know that you've kind of always been associated with me through this podcast. You always have to hear my opinions on Tom Brady. I kind of know yours. I think the audience may, but I'd like you to kind of give your final thoughts. You were 100% right. You thought he would hang it up after the season and pursue this uh, broadcasting career, which is what he's going to do after taking a year off, of course. But um, final thoughts on Tom Brady. Any thoughts on Tom Brady? Just uh, anything you want to share. I mean, you could go as long as you want. No, uh, me and you, we don't push back too much on it because we're just fans of greatness. I know that he played for your team. Uh, We kind of went through this when he retired last year. You know, we were just showering him with flowers a lot in the podcast. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, you you just do so much that in a sport we all love, you are the best player of all time. And it would take a miracle for someone to even enter the conversation. That's how far ahead you are, kind of. I mean, Tom Brady has – has won one eighth of every Super Bowl ever played. Like that's kind of crazy to think about. Like um, he did it on a different team. I know he did it with the Patriots and you could say, well, yeah, he did it with one team, but like it was in two different decades. Like, I mean, over so much time, um, I think, and that's what we're, we're coming to generationally. I think, you know, the past generation before us is lightning in a bottle. Like, you know, who was the greatest, like the best for a certain period of time, and our generation is kind of who was great for a very long time. Like the the longevity, you know, the, the longevity conversation. But um the thing is is Brady had both. He always he was always top five in every statistic, maybe should have had more MVPs. You could argue that for days. Um he he became a guy who you were numb to him winning for 17 years of his career. There came a moment where it was just like, well, how many games is he going to win? How is he going to do it? Um, no real scandals. N- nothing. I mean, they had stuff with football, but I mean, like, he was never cheating. He was never arrested by the police. He was never, like, he's always Off been a the good. the field e- issues. Yeah, been a good example. He promotes physical health. He promotes doing what's best for your body. He played football till he was 45. He left at the top of the game. You could say bad record, didn't win a Super Bowl, but I mean. No one doubts he couldn't come back and play again. Uh, utmost respect for Brady. Um, I think the Steelers could have had a few more Super Bowl shots without him, sure. But um, I've never hated players for being great. And the stuff he was accused of doing, taking some air out of a football, that doesn't, you know, I, I've never taken anything away from Brady. Um, just amazing to watch. You know, he was my whole life watching football he was drafted when i was like seven and he just retired i'm 27 so life without brady is going to be a little interesting in the nfl you know just well he'll still be in the nfl commentating so i'm excited to see this next journey because one of the big things about his whole career that i really enjoyed is when he moved to tampa he gave you a little bit of a look at who tom is and you hear everyone saying he's a guy's guy and he's the you know He's just one of the dudes. I'm very excited to see more of Tom Brady, how we're seeing Peyton Manning now. I'm very excited to see Tom Brady in that fashion. Yeah. Yeah. I think you were pretty, uh, I think you're pretty fair, pretty spot on. Um, LeBron James. Yeah. First off, did you stay up last night? Fell asleep. Didn't get to see it. No, I had 12 beers. I bowled. I came home, showered, and he, he got subbed out. I, I think I fell asleep when he had eight points. Unfortunately, oh. I, did, I didn't see it live. <laughs> yeah. But I woke up early so that I could uh, turn it on the TV out in the living room, see the fadeaway shot, see the, you know, his family and everything. So cool. Such a moment. Um, I'm going to try and be up when he hits 40,000. But, uh, no, I wasn't yeah. able to stay up. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I do work at 5 a.m. every day that I do work. So 
sometimes it's just like it's hard to stay up that late since I'm usually yeah. asleep by then. But I really tried, but it just wasn't happening. Yeah. Um, opinions on first off, opinions on the fact that he broke a record that has stood longer than he was alive. I actually have two things on this. One, it's phenomenal, and it'll be ex- exciting to see how how far he can extend it. Um, you know, people have talked to, let's say, Luca. Hey, he just broke the record. Is it something you could ever envision? And he was like, I'm not playing 20 years in the NBA. He like, said, something, said something about going back to his farm or something. Yeah, like yeah. That. But, like, if you played 20 years, you, you look at the allotted guys who have Kobe – he didn't really have it at the start, and then he had injuries throughout. Dirk was a shot fighter. Vince Carter was just kind of a spot shooter. LeBron James is carrying the Los Angeles Lakers. He's averaging the same thing he averaged 10 years ago and 20 years ago. It's not what he's done. It is without question how he's done it. Playing an extra what is what is it? He's played an extra, like, entire season in playoff games oh something crazy yeah. or two seasons because i know they just bizarre. said Brady's is two and a half so i didn't want to like get that mixed up but um yeah. but the amount of games that he's played the, the the way he's done it he has 14 50 point games and eight single digit games he's just he's first or second in every category you could imagine um Michael and Kareem will always get brought up, especially Mike in the conversation of GOAT. Um, but LeBron James is my GOAT. Um, we get this, I've seen him my whole life. The consistency, the greatness, both ends of the floor. He's just, he's what a moment. In, he's played in 266 playoff games, which is good for almost uh, three Four? and a quarter seasons. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, and you might see playoffs this year, next year, potentially. Um, but the other thing too is, uh, Richard Jefferson brought this up. And if you do the math, the date that Kareem broke the record and the date LeBron James was born, there's a 10 day window that LeBron could have been conceived on the same day that Kareem broke the record. It's like it's nine months exactly, and then there's like a 10-day window where it is potentially possible, like in terms of just a matrix conspiracy, what's going (laughs) on. But if LeBron was in a full nine-month pregnancy with his mom and everything, he was conceived within within basically a week of when Kareem broke the record. So that's kind of fascinating. Yeah. I think that... I think that the most impressive thing is just simply longevity and the idea, the idea that we're trying to almost dis like diminish or disrespect the record because LeBron has taken care of his body and played this long seems really silly to me. Um, you know, I've seen you recently do this. I, I agree. If you want to, if you don't like LeBron James, that's completely okay. Like you don't have to like a player or respect a player or anything like that. Like nobody's begging that from you. But if you call him La Bum, La Baby, uh, La Brick, what, La whatever, La Flop, anything like that, like I immediately just like I, I'm just moving on. Like I'm not. Yeah, I can't talk to you and you do this. I, we're not. We're not going to go any farther. And, you know, I was telling my kids because they weren't going to be able to stay up for the game. Obviously, the game didn't start till 10. And I was telling my kids in the living room yesterday, it's like, listen, this this record has stood for longer than I've been alive. Longer than LeBron James has been alive. And it's it's there's a good chance it gets broken tonight while you guys are sleeping. And I just like want them to, like, understand the magnitude, because like in 20 years or something like that, if for some reason this were to go down with the new way that athletes are built different. You know, I was, me and Emma were walking yesterday around the block with the dog, you know, I've, and I told her, Hey, just so you know, I'm, I'm going to stay up tonight and, and watch this. And she's like, what exactly is it? And I said, it's, it's a, a 38 year old record that 
is there's a really good chance it goes down tonight. She goes, yeah, just athletes are just better. And it's like my wife who doesn't conceive sports like us isn't she's smart enough to understand like athletes are are better than they were and that's uh, not a shot at jordan don't i'm not trying to no. take a shot it's just the understanding that like over time the idea that the game is worse because there's more scoring kind of seems silly to me well but, alluding to like uh like draymond green kind of poked at it but it's like you know you hear a lot of like could this player play in this era or this player play in this era LeBron's averaged 27, 7, and 7 in almost three different eras of basketball. Like, think about where the game was at in 2006 and 7 and where it's at in 2021 and 2022. Like, the whole landscape of how the basketballs moved, like the spacing, the athleticism, the bigs aren't a part of the game. Now everyone can shoot. LeBron shot threes. He can dunk. You know, his most iconic play is a defensive play. There's no other player in the history of the game that's in the 38 and 8 club in terms of 30,000 points, 8,000 assists, 8,000 rebounds. LeBron's going to be in 40 10 10. There's nobody else in 38 8. He's in 40 10 10. He's fourth on the all time assist list. And I think he's like 17th or 20th or somewhere around there in the all time rebounds. He's going to be in the 40 10 10 club for a career. That's. Doesn't even, it's crazy. This isn't this isn't Russell Westbrook. This dude won a championship everywhere he went. This is, I'm not. We're not. Notice we haven't even brought up Michael. We're not. We're just defending LeBron. We're not trying to make this a goat debate. We're just trying to make you understand. Like, what's what is with the hatred? Like, I just yeah, don't. I just uh, and and when you bring up Mike, I know a lot of people like. And maybe it's just mentality. Everyone's going to choose their own thing. But it's kind of like if you're an Olympian for 20 years, would you want six golds and zero silvers or four golds and six silvers? It's like I understand it in one. There's an actual poster for a World Cup finals hyping it up. It's a post. On one side, it's Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Kevin Durant. And on the other side, it's LeBron, Tristan Thompson, and Kyle Korver. That's the poster for the finals. Like, it's just the the man, I you could say he got brought down by what he created, player mobility. Player mobility has made the NBA better, period. I like players mm-hmm. being on the move. It hasn't worked in four years. I'm not going to watch that team die another 10. Let's get people moving around. Look what Donovan Mitchell's doing for the Cavs this year. Yeah. Like, there, there's so much stuff, and sometimes it can be annoying – but um, I find it that most of the people that have died on LeBron's Hill instead of come or Michael Jordan instead of coming around with the new NBA, they simply just stopped watching and have ignored anything that's going on. While this new generation who grew up with Kobe into Jordan is, I mean, he's. I like it when he talks his talk too. Like the other day, he's like, "I feel like I'm the best player to ever play basketball," and it's like, yep. "Yeah, me too, me too, LeBron. I think you are too." I'm glad you say that because yeah. that's part of what makes Michael the goat. He walks in, I'm best in here. I'm the best. LeBron doesn't always say it, so it's nice when he's like, "I think I'm the best player he's ever played." Yeah. Like the fact that he, you know, he's playing the Thunder. It's like he needs 36. His average is 30 right now, and it's like, oh, his whole family. And all of his friends are coming to the game. Uh, he'll turn it on in late fourth quarter. There he is, tied at thirty-six. Like he, man, he's manipulated basketball for so long. And to come in with the hype that he did, no arrests, same wife, multiple kids, raising a family, built a school, went to four, or four different moves, three different franchises, brought titles to all of them. Been in the All-Star game 18, 19 years in a row. It's just, you would just get exhausted reading all the things LeBron has done in basketball. And when he's done his first, second, third, all-time and every statistic imaginable is just, he should have been the first unanimous MVP. I know that Steph Curry got it. He was one vote shy. I, I'd like to know who did that. I think the name's out there. I just, come on now. But the other thing, too, is like, 
just look back at a 10-year stretch of every year LeBron didn't win MVP. It's literally they were just getting tired of giving it to him. LeBron should have probably 11. He should probably have 11 MVPs, and that's no cap. Like, he went to 10 straight finals. He's got to be in the MVP conversation every one of those years already. Yeah. Like, it's just – it's crazy. The man did lose in the playoffs quite a bit, but it was in the finals when he did. Yeah. The one it's the one thing you, you briefly brought it up, but you didn't go far enough, in my opinion. I'm going to say this. Came in at 18 years old. He's arguably the most overhyped athlete in the history of sports. Not the NBA, not sports. Chosen one, he, Sports Illustrated, 18. He, that might in be, a baggy he, Iris he, jersey. He called himself that, too. Like, he has it tattooed. Like, he owned that. It was the most overhyped, like, this. And he exceeded it. Wild. He exceeded it. It yeah. just, you know, I can't imagine you ever think to yourself when you're walking in the NBA, at 18 years old. I heard this the other day too, and I, I'll briefly say this: he didn't have real coaching. He came out of high school. Like. There's a reason you're supposed to go to college so you can get elite level coaching. High school coaches are not on the same level as a college coach. And it's, LeBron James could have went to a top tier college, right? He goes straight to the NBA, averaged 20 points a game as a child against men, and just exceeded from there. He went from 20 to 27 and has never looked back. Never. When you like you look at the shot he made last night to break the record. He had zero post game. When he came into the NBA, now like turnaround fadeaways are working in the post. Like, and you you hear you hear like stories of Jordan of how he like he close his eyes and make free throws or he talk crap to people. And the stories of LeBron, they're just different players. Like the stories of LeBron are like, yeah, they come out of a huddle and he's just like he walks up to like he walked up. I think it was to Fred Van Fleet or DeRozan when they were playing the Raptors, and he's like, hey, you're supposed to be standing over here. And the dude was, like, shook because, like, LeBron knew the play. He actually helped the guy on the other team. He's like, hey, you're supposed to be over here. Because LeBron can't play defense on it right if they're not running the play correctly. Like, for him to do stuff like that. Like, you ever hear, like, Iman Shumpert when he's telling stories about him? Just look up little, like, TikToks or little videos of Iman Shumpert just with LeBron's stories. It's just, like, so funny. He's like, sometimes LeBron will take over, and he don't even mean to do it. He'll just put his hand up. Ball. He'll get it and be like, Iman, if he moves, cut. You know, and he's just, like, talking about yeah. the whole thing. And Iman Shumpert's like, it's crazy because he says all this out loud. All ten players can hear it. And then it just starts to happen. There's nothing you can do about it. Like, he's just orchestrating it. It's just, like, it's crazy. Um, it's just so fascinating. The different styles of player. Uh, he's just so good. He's just so good. 40, 10, and 10 when he's done. It's going to be insane. Four ships, been to been to ten, could be more. Who knows? We'll see. Could be it's just more. Remarkable. Huh? Could be more. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It could could be more. Like what? You, I, you made it seem like it could have been more. I think it could be no, more. I, that's Meaning, what I said. What you're saying now, I said okay. could be more. Yeah, I. Uh, I mean, after his interview last night, he didn't say Lakers. He said with a with franchise. franchise. I mean, yeah. Uh, that's his way of saying, like, listen, speaking of, we'll, we'll just transition to this and then we'll get into your boy. But um, it, did you see the footage of Anthony Davis last night? Pictures, anything? Nothing. I don't know nothing about it. The entire arena, formerly known as Staples Center. Now it's like crypto something. The entire arena, every single person in the arena is on their feet. Staring at LeBron as he takes his last shot. Anthony Davis pops a squat on the bench. And looks like somebody shot his dog. He's the only one. Yeah, and they said uh, Russell Westbrook on the uh, like got into a heated short spat with the coach because he came out like upset at the end of the second quarter. And then uh, did you see what Woj said about the Lakers about two hours ago? Mm-mm. The Lakers are involved with the. Uh. New- the Utah Jazz and the Timberwolves in a three-team trade, and they're trying to get D'Angelo Russell. Now, 
Like you get I an open that. three, it's an upgrade over Russ. Mind you, Russ played the best game of the year last night. I thought yeah, he, had, Russ, like, actually, he played great. <laughs> I wanted to hate on Russ. He's played well this year. Russ has He's been a great well. six man. He's been a great six yeah. man. Anthony Davis just isn't exactly what he was billed to be. He was in the b- bubble. Yeah. I think he's a guy who's a little too sensitive. I think the fans get to Anthony Davis, the heckling and the stuff like that. I think he was built for, like, like you know, in college he was so great because he was dominant. And, you know, the fans are always supporting him. And, he, and at Kentucky, they're behind him. But, like, even L.A. fans are probably like, oh, here he goes every time he falls down. Oh, he's broken. You know, he hears all this stuff. Yeah. Like, they're ruthless. I I think it's a mental thing with Anthony Davis. I just think the NBA has been tough on Even the Pelicans, first-round pick, they all support him, and then he gets the playoffs. He moved, and it's just like it's not the same. It's just not the same. Let's talk about a trade that already happened. Kyrie Irvin joining the Dallas Mavericks. Those are your boys. Did he really? <laughs> Hey, I broke the trade to you. You were like, you what? Yeah, I, you did, go, yeah. I mean, you're on Twitter, and I Twitter's am, typically faster. I'm just that's the only social app I'm really not on is Twitter, which is crazy because you're a sports guy. It's the best. Twitter is the best sports related social media. But anyways, um, you should. Uh, Kyrie joins the Mavs. They give up Spencer Dinwiddie. Uh, Dory, I'll let you just take it away. Yeah, they give away Dorian Finney-Smith and Spencer Dinwiddie. Their 2029 draft is gone. And 2029. Fir- yeah, their first and second in 2029 is gone. And they lost Aaron. their first in 2027. So the draft picks will have forgotten. Like, it is what it is when we get there. Um, well, randomly in a several years, we'll be like, oh, the Nets have the mass pick. Why? <laughs> That's what will happen. Yeah, Um. I do think there's a misconception. I think people who have followed Kyrie will understand this. Um, there are some people I believe that I just don't take their, you know, we talk about when they say La Flop or, you know, stuff like that, or when they say stuff that I don't think is really true. There is this notion that Kyrie is ball dominant. He is when he has to be, like when he's on a bad team. But Kyrie is not a guy who has the ball for 14 seconds of the shot clock with 30 dribbles of possession. He just attacks. He can catch and shoot, or when he gets the ball, he's mostly looking to score. Or he draws enough attention to kick it. Kyrie Irving is basically if Spencer Dinwiddie was a lot better. Kyrie Irving's a better Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, I, I, I put this in um, Tyler Richardson. I don't know if you, you listen to every podcast, but this is what I said, and I think this sums it up pretty good. Catch and shoot, check. Run the team in non-Luka minutes, check. Second player that can guarantee 18-plus points a night, check. Second shot creator, check. By the way, sub-note on that, Kyrie is ninth in the league in isolation points this season. Luka's number one. They're the only team to have two players in the top ten. Luka has over 700, by the way. He's missed nine games. He has 740 points in isolation scoring. It's pretty crazy. Um, offense and total is going to take a jump. You look at Christian Wood, Luca, Kyrie, Tim Hardaway, Bullock, Green. We have shooters all over the place. Um, defensively, I like the addition of Markeith Morris, but we definitely take a step back losing Dorian Finney-Smith, especially in the age in which he's at right now. Um, so our team is basically saying, go ahead and score 120, we'll score 130, is essentially what's going on, which in today's NBA, I'd rather be better offensively than defensively, if you're asking me. Um, as it pertains to Kyrie in the locker room, we'll see. Jason Kidd is, has a lot of experience, player and coach. And Luca is not really a personality that seems to be easily pushed around, especially for someone who already signed the Supermax and is the superstar on the team. I have to be optimistic, but just like any Kyrie situation ever, it could bring a championship or implode. Yeah, I think... Uh... There's a couple false narratives on Kyrie. I I think people think that just because he didn't want to get the vaccine, he's a bad teammate. I, I don't necessarily agree with that without even getting in a vax. Um, I think Kyrie's always been a pretty decent teammate. He seems to be a pretty poor leader. I don't think he's great at that. Um, the one thing he is, and I don't think anybody could argue this, I think he is a 
top two ball handler on the planet. He is probably a top five ISO player on the planet. Um, he's a big shot hitter. And ultimately, part of what comes with him is he's kind of like Antonio Brown. There's just going to be something that happens with Kyrie, but when? Um, you know, whether it be whatever, whether whether it's wanting to leave LeBron James or wanting to leave Boston or not wanting to get the vaccine or talking about anti-Semitism or, you know, whatever it is, it just seems like there's always something. Uh, and it just makes me wonder. That's really what it comes down to. Uh, I think we've seen proof that Luca was able to drag a team to the to the Western Conference Finals last year. He wouldn't have to do that with Kyrie because – I think Kyrie is as good of an ISO player as as Luke is. Uh, obviously, the the different the, styles, just different styles, different usage. Yeah, but um, game on the line. If the ball's in Kyrie's hands and not Luca's, if I'm a Mavs fan, I'm not disappointed. I'm living with it. You're living with it. Yeah. So uh, it is going to be interesting if Kyrie buys in and if he's willing to sign a deal there. Because if he's not. Man, the Mavericks gave up a lot of capital for a uh, a rental player. Yeah, um, this season Nick Wright put up the graph um, until until the Jazz game. The Mavs are zero and seven when Luca doesn't play. When Luca's on the floor, we are number one in the NBA in offensive efficiency, and when he's off the floor, we are thirtieth out of thirty teams. It is heard, heard that it's crazy. First and thirtieth. Um, there is. The the easy way, the expected way, if there was betting odds, the favorited way. Team struggles to incorporate them a little bit. The Mavs don't get worse, but they don't improve. At the end of the year, Kyrie leaves, and this is another thing on the ticker as to why Luka could leave the Mavs in a few years. They traded Chris Stapps. This is another thing Nick Wright said. They traded Chris Stapps when he wanted to keep him. They didn't sign Jalen Brunson to a four-year, $55 million deal in the winter. Jalen Brunson went off in the second half of the year and then left for nothing. And then they panic-bought Kyrie, who played for four months and then dipped. But there's also the less likely version, the underdog story. This is now Kyrie's sixth team, fifth team, sixth team. Cavs, Boston, Nets. No, this is only his fourth team. It seems it seems like a lot more, but it's his, You're right. It does seem it, like that. It's his fourth team. Kyrie's been in the league ten years now. Sounds right. What if it works? What if he signs a three year contract and the Mavs are just the best offensive team in the league for the next three years? So I mean it's they're both on the table. They're both possible. Yeah. Christian Wood is was averaging fifteen points a game. He's now back from injury. Tim Hardaway Jr., Dries Mertens, Morris, Luca, Kyrie, Wood, all very effective three-point shooters. We had nobody playing after the trade. Um, gosh, I keep forgetting his name, but um, a point guard um, who's come up through the G League and Josh Green both scored 29 points and set career point scoring uh, records for themselves individually. This team has a lot of scoring, just a lot of scoring. So it's just, uh, where's it going to come from each night? It seems like everybody can shoot threes. They do lack a little bit of size, and on defense, they'll be pushed around at times. But uh, this, the Mavs are going to be, if they're on TNT, you're going to want to watch the game. You're gonna, Mavs are must-see TV with Luka and Kyrie. And if it works, it's really scary. One more thing, and then we'll uh, ask you one more question before we go. So I think even if Kyrie's a model citizen, like literally perfect, he's a great teammate, everything works out, and the Mavs are clicking, and it, it, literally the chemistry, everything's perfect. I think there's still one small problem. Kyrie has struggled to stay healthy over the course of his career. I think that's always going to be an underlining issue. So I guess that's something to keep an eye on. And then last thing before we move on, uh, Kyrie, Mavs, Clippers tonight. Thoughts? Um, I'm going to be excited to watch it, but Luka is out. Um, Luka's not playing. He's missing his third straight game with a heel contusion. 
So um, for I think it's the first time he's missed three straight games in the last two seasons. Um, but uh, it'll be fun to watch. Um, there's rumors that the Nets GM did not want to send Kyrie to his preferred destination, which I believe was L.A. period. I think sounds like the Lakers, the, the Lakers. But it was um, it was Terrence Mann, somebody else, a third player, and like two future first round pick swaps that the Nets declined from the Clippers. It was virtually the same deal with. I mean, pick your poison on the players. Dinwiddie might be a little bit better. Um, the picks were closer up and better picks because the Clippers are good, and they declined that as well. So it seemed like the GM had priority that he was like, thank goodness the Mavs are offering a deal because I don't want to send him to L.A. knowing that's where he wants to go. So if Kyrie knows he's going to be an unrestricted free agent after the year and one, and he's going to be in L.A. with either the Lakers or Clippers, maybe with LeBron again, everything could be perfect. We could go to the Western Conference Finals, lose in Game 7, well, let's run it back next year. I'm going to LA. Like it could be that. So we're just gonna have to play it by ear, just like you have to do with Kyrie. There's nothing that is simple. There's nothing straightforward. Let's see where it yeah. goes. Um, last thing before we get to the much anticipated Super Bowl. Manchester City. Yeah. Uh, you know, take off your your Manchester United hoodie for a second. Give me give me the facts on Manchester City. What are they going through? What are people need to know? So I'm gonna be very vague because there's a lot of details that are kind of muddy right now. But essentially, although there's no salary cap in soccer, there is financial fair play rules, is what they call it. Um, they've they're basically under investigation of breaking this rule for about seven or eight years now is what they're going back into. So it's unprecedented, and I believe it's the first time in the Premier League. So they're calling for big, big um, repercussions and punishments handed down. Um, For example, Juventus for Italy was accused of this. They, uh, they took 15 points off of their standings this year. So they're all the way in, like, ninth place. Now – that means you're not going to be in Champions League next year, Europa League in next year. You have no shot to win the league this year. It's basically a one-time punishment. So it's basically a one-year death penalty. Correct. Now, what they're, what other owners are calling for, since it's so bad in such a long time, like if it is over eight or nine years, they don't necessarily want the trophies awarded to second place, but they want Manchester City stripped of all their Premier Leagues that they've won over the past seven or eight years, which I believe would be five, four wow. or five. They've won four of the last five years. Jeez. So all of those would be stripped. Um, and some are calling for them to be relegated. So not even in the Premier League. They have to earn their way back into the Premier League in the championship next year. Which they would, but... They, they would, but they wouldn't be broadcast on television. They'd have no TV deals. They wouldn't be allowed in oh. Champions League. Some players may some players may leave. They'd they almost have to. If they're not getting the TV and stuff, they'd almost have to let some players go because the money would not be. And if um, if he is true to his word, Pep Guardiola, his comments on the matter were, I told the upper management, I trust them 100%. I will never doubt them. I will never question them. But if they do be found guilty of breaking those rules – the trust is broken and I'm no longer your coach. So there is from Pep as an integrity standpoint, he may leave the club as their manager if this ends up being true. So the repercussions are very, very big. They range from um, forfeiting games this season, um, forfeiting points, possible relegation, massive fines. But the one, the guy who's kind of given news on this said, they believe the owners of these clubs are so rich that fines don't hurt. So like how in Super Bowl when they're like, hey, Robert Kraft, $300,000 penalty, and everyone's just like. It means nothing. Yeah, yeah. They've are, they're past that. They're more straightforward. They're not going to do fines because it doesn't impact these owners enough. It's not a punishment. So it would be points this season. It would be suspending. Up, like they can't. They can't qualify for Champions League next year or something, or 
removing past silverware, possible relegation. So City's just under a lot for breaking rules with finances to afford players. Maybe it's upgrading. Like I think it has to do with purchasing players and where they're getting that money from. I don't know all the details. The same way I watch all the NFL, but I'm not very good at the contract stuff. I just know the punishments are very severe for breaking almost the only rule owners have, financial fair play. Yeah, I don't want to put you on the spot and make any, you know, make any unjust or un, I don't know, unopinionated responses here. But do you think they're guilty? Like, what do you think they're not being accused if there's not some data? Yeah, there, I just, right? there's got to be some it, sort of evidence. Yeah, if it's this many years and it's getting pushed up to like a brand new court system because there's so many allegations and so much to go through, mm-hmm. it's kind of like where there's smoke, there's fire. Yeah. It's like they're already guilty, but to what degree? Like, how much are they going to find? There's clearly something. There's been enough for them to push it as far as they have. They're not so going to be like, saying it may not have happened for nine years straight, but it happened once. Yeah, over the past seven years, has there been four or five occasions where they borrowed money from somewhere they weren't supposed to or promised money to some people that they got from a different source that wasn't allowed to pay? I, exactly, I don't know how it works. But mm-hmm. financial fair play, it looks like they were not abiding by those rules. All right. Let's talk about some real football. No Uh-oh. disrespect. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Um, Super Bowl 57. The Kansas City Chiefs. The Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles are favored by one and a half. Eagles are your boys. You've been riding with them all year. They're not your favorite team, but they've been your pick. Uh, I think even you would probably admit they've gone a little farther than you thought they would. Yeah. Um, For what it's worth, for all you you know people that are into this kind of thing, I know I kind of get into this kind of thing. Chiefs declared to wear white, and I believe the current stat is 11 of the last 15 winners have wore white jerseys. So, um, I know the Patriots were big. They liked to wear white. The Steelers were big on wearing white in Super Bowls. Uh, it's done well. Take it for what you will, but it's 11 of the last 15 have worn white. One Chiefs of those four white. times, the Patriots the wore white against the Eagles. Yeah, the Eagles were wearing dark, and they beat the, the mm-hmm. Patriots. You're right. You're absolutely correct. Um, I don't know how you want to start this. I think we could probably go an hour on this Super Bowl. We won't. Um, say whatever you want to say here. Yeah, for me, it's simple. Um, I've been riding with the Eagles. I'm not going to stop that now. Um, they've won in the trenches all year. Um, I think they have a good chance to do that now. They have one of the most versatile defenses and offenses. Um, they're going to pose a a different threat than the Bengals did with the uh, broken down O line and a, um, not necessarily mobile quarterback in Burrow. Um, Jalen Hurts much more mobile. Um, I can't say I expect it to be a runaway either way, um, but we are looking at, I think the Eagles are the better team. But again, when you look at coach quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, what they've done over the past five years, you almost shouldn't bet against him. But I'm kind of locked in. You know, before the year, I said this is where the Eagles would be and they would be winning the whole thing. So it's like I'm almost unshaken by whoever they're playing because, you know, I have to go with the Eagles. But I think I think they're the better team. Uh, when Jalen Hurts is the quarterback, they've only lost one time this year. So, And it was a weird, weird, fluky kind of game. Um, also, if you're into this kind of thing, the last, like, eight teams who've won the coin toss at the Super Bowl have lost the Super Bowl. <laughs> I it's love like, that it, kind of thing. I it's love like, that stuff. It's like eight straight, the t- uh, the last eight Super Bowls, the team that won, doesn't necessarily call heads or tails, but the team that won and got the chose kick or receive, they've lost the Super Bowl. Uh, I got another one. Oh, shit. Because, you ready for this one? Yeah. Do you know who the two favorites are to win the MVP? Is it Hurts and Mahomes? It's Hurts and Mahomes. The winner of the MVP has not won the Super Bowl since 1999. That's crazy. I do have one more. Let's go. I love these. In the last 56 Super Bowls, 
the team with less points loses the game. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> oh, gosh. Man, you had me for a second. I'm like, wait, in the last 56, straight. that's all of them ever. <laughs> and then you hit me with the zero. <laughs> oh, gosh. The team that scores the most, undefeated. Un- unreal how that works. Hey, that's unreal. five things. We gave you five fun facts to share with your coworkers and family. Oh, my gosh. Uh, let's talk about the underlying storylines here. Andy Reid coaching against his longtime Philadelphia Eagles who he went to a Super Bowl with, did not win. That's one storyline. You had the Kelsey brothers, who have each already won a Super Bowl. Eagles won Super Bowl 52. That's Jason Kelsey. The Chiefs won Super Bowl 54. That's Travis Kelsey. Though They each already won one. Uh, there was a lot of petitions for the mother to throw the coin toss. She refuses to do it. She said something about stepping on the field. She doesn't deserve to. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, good for her. I mean, she's a yeah. mom cheering. I think she did not take the spotlight. There's I think a there's a lot the of people that would take that spotlight. Are who they are. It's because they were raised right. Good You're job, correct. Donna Kelsey. Yeah, Donna Kelsey, you are a queen. Um, so those, I think those are most of the story. Obviously, the two MVP candidates are going to play in the Super Bowl. First time two African American quarterbacks play each other. I know that was a big one. Yep, absolutely. Um, both teams were are sixteen and three going into the Super Bowl. Both teams have scored the exact same. same amount of points. You saw that post. I did. It, yeah. Th- this Super Bowl is a match made in heaven. It's crazy. Uh, you pretty much said you're rolling with the Eagles, and I want to. Yeah. I just feel – there's a couple of things here. There's, I, I feel like I've run out of excuses to bet against Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Is that fair? No, no. And and that's, you know, like we, we talked about it with Burrow. It ended up not working out. Yeah. But it's like Patrick Mahomes has been to five straight AFC championship games. He's been to, this is now going to be his third Super Bowl. He's won it and he's lost it. Team's been there, done that. You know, the moment's not going to be too big. They're going to have plays we've never seen before. They're going to, you know, both these teams are probably going to go for it on some fourth downs. It's who they've been all year. Um, yeah. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, he, Again, like I, I briefly brought it up with Brady, but, you know, we sit there and it's like, oh, we love the Chargers coming this year. The Raiders offense could be good. Russell Wilson, I, or I, I know that stuff didn't all work out, but it's like we just wake up and the Chiefs are 10 and three. And we're yeah. like, oh, you know, you wake up on Monday. How many of the Chiefs win by? Like, you don't even think that they lost. Like, it's just the Chiefs, man. And it's like. That's why they're here in the Super Bowl again. They've got it. They got the quarterback. They got the coach. They got some pivotal role players, and they always seem to find a way in crunch time. They always find a way to minute eleven. You know the the Brady, that where Brady made his money. You know, hey, this game's been tough, but there's a minute and eleven left in the half. We got seventy yards to get a touchdown, and somehow we got dudes wide open everywhere. And we marched down the field, score a touchdown. Like Chiefs are, they're they're the Chiefs. Come on now. Um, before we give official official predictions here, let's do a position breakdown. Okay. I give the position. You tell me who you like. I'll tell you who I like. Deal? Sure. Head coach. It's gotta be Chiefs. Gotta Love be Chiefs. Yeah. Gotta be Chiefs. Yeah, and you know, I'll ask you a question about him in a second. Um, Patrick Mah. Oh, sorry, quarterback. Patty. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes. That's not uh, running, slanderous on Jalen Hurts. Not at all. Uh, Patrick, I think, has earned – he's the best quarterback in the league right now. I think that's that's pretty easy. Um, running backs. This is really tough because Isaiah Pacheco has really come on. I'm going to go with Miles Sanders and the Eagles, though, but I think the I running backs are pretty equal. I agree. I also think that the Eagles have – we'll just move into it. Offensive line, Eagles. Yeah. Though, if we're taking just three offensive linemen from any team, I really like the Chiefs, Humphrey, Tooney, Orlando Brown. Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey are obviously really dogs. It seems like the Eagles' right side, super stout. Eagles, or Chiefs' left side, super stout. But if you look at the whole line, the the 
the left tackle, Jordan Mailata for the Eagles. Yeah. He's a top he might be a top two left tackle in the league. So Yeah. That, I mean, and then their they're guards, loaded too. They're yeah, loaded too. Landon, I mean, their their left guard uh was drafted in the first round, I believe, to be a center. They moved him over to left guard. Like they their whole O line, their right guard's twenty six. He was a Pro Bowl candidate. Like they are they are loaded up there. Yeah, but just so you know, the listeners know, don't get it twisted. The reason Chiefs have a loaded offensive line, especially the whole left side. You'd be, Uh, you'd you'd love to have two great offensive linemen, and they have three elite offensive linemen all on his blind side. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Wide receiver room. Eagles. Yeah, I don't, know why you, I, I don't know why you took so long. It made me think. Yeah, it's the Eagles by a lot, in my no, opinion. I, I, I was Only just, because the Chiefs room is depleted right now. Well, right. And I was also thinking, like, because what I was going to bring up is if you included tight ends, so receiving, receiving we'll, core. Right, but if you included receiving and tight end core, I'd still take the Eagles because Dallas Goddard's like the fifth best tight end in the league, I think. Yeah, which brings us to our next. Tight end goes to the Chiefs. But skill players wise, Travis Kelsey's borderline a damn near wide receiver and does elevate that room, but it's still Eagles. I agree. I agree. If you were to build a starting lineup, it would be Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and then the rest would be Eagles players. It would be AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Goddard on the other side. Five eight well, I pick your poison on one or two offensive linemen, and Miles Sanders mm-hmm. probably gets the start. Yeah. Uh Defensive line. The Eagles are way too deep. Chris Jones might be the best one. He's the best defensive lineman. Eagles have the better defensive line. We agree there. We a thousand percent agree. Uh, Linebackers. I think. So I was putting Hassan Reddick in with the D line, Mm -hmm. not as a linebacker. Like Brandon Graham, they play ends. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I like the Chiefs middle or the Chiefs linebackers. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I was going to say, I, I think it's sneaky good if you weren't going to pick them. Mm-hmm. I like their linebackers. Yeah, we agree. Uh, secondary. Whole secondary? Whole secondary safeties and Actually, corners. no, I'm taking the Eagles. In Doesn't both. matter, really. Yeah, yeah CGJ has been the best safety out of any of them. Charvarius Ward has been a really nice corner, and I was, I was pointing that out all year. I was like, he was the best corner for San Francisco coming to the Chiefs. He's going to be good. He has been, but James Bradbury, Darius Slay, Maddox, uh, Epps, and CGJ. I mean, gross. Yeah, nasty. Uh, special teams, we'll throw it out there. Um, I think Harrison Bucker and Townsend, both. Uh, Bucker hasn't had a great year, so maybe Jake Elliott as of late. But punter, I mean, the best punter, no bar none in the league, was the Chiefs punter this year. He was. Yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, Eagles by minus one and a half. Who you like? Yeah, um, I like. I don't think there's going to be. I don't think there's going to be much resistance for the Eagles offense. Um, I like the Eagles to win this. 38-28, 38-30. I think the mm-hmm. Eagles hit mid-30s. Uh, Chiefs have some resistance, but they're going to score. They're going to get their plays. They'll try and make it close late. Um, they have every chance to win. But um, 35-27, 38-28, I like the Eagles. Eagles by about a touchdown. Yeah, this feels like a really tough matchup for the for the Chiefs. Um, Chiefs have played a lot of really good teams this year. I think you could argue that the Eagles kind of haven't. They definitely haven't played the quarterbacks for sure. That's definitely the argument. Uh, but I think this the, with the what the Eagles do doesn't necessarily matter who the other quarterback is. They're just going to ball control the absolute piss out of you. They're going to run it down your throat. And Chris Jones obviously would help reduce that a little bit, but it's not going to be enough. I don't know that they have the guys to stop A.J. Brown. When he needed to be big this year, he was. Devontae Smith, too. Absolutely, no, absolutely, and and got it, all those guys. But I think the key to the game, and I was going to ask you this, if the Eagles lose, do you think it's because of Sirianni? Do you think it's because of turnovers? Like, 
pick a reason. Do you think it's just because Patrick Mahomes is great? Like, if you had to pick a reason the Eagles do lose, what would it be? It would have to be like they have like two really bad quarters. They would really have to like they would have to string together like three or four three and outs in a row. Like they just can't get too far behind. I don't think um, you could say turnovers, but I again I don't know. Like I just think that there's not going to be much resistance for this offense. So if they literally can't stop Patrick Mahomes, because like. I've seen, you know, not to take like a shot here quick, but like I've seen Brady score, you know, 501 passing yards, never punt and lose a Super Bowl because the other team did the same thing and someone's got to lose. So, um, I don't know, the Eagles are massive favorites, so it makes it iffy. So I think it was like last time I looked, it was 77% of the money and 73% of the bets were on the Eagles. Everyone's got Eagles. It's just kind of been their year, but it's been their year because the Chiefs, who have done about the same thing the Eagles have, were numb to it. So we have to understand the Chiefs are the yeah. Chiefs. But you look at the Chiefs, and it's like, oh, they edged that one out. Ooh, field goal. They're winning. The quarterback coach, you know, they're winning late in games. And it's like, oh, Eagles are up by 17 now. Jeez, oh, beat. You know, it's like, yeah. It feels like the Eagles to me. I just feel like where the Chiefs are the best, the Eagles are very strong against that. Chris Jones against Jason Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes versus that secondary. And then it's like where the Eagles are good, you know, bully ball, both left and right. Chris Jones is in the middle of that D-line. They're going to get some stuff going. They have two great receivers. Outside of Traverius Ward, it's a relatively weak secondary. Uh, Justin Reed is not who he was in his first four years for the Texans. So it's just, you know, things like that. But little fun fact, whoever wins this game will have the most wins in Arizona in the NFL this year. At State Farm Arena, the Cardinals, Chiefs, and Eagles all have one win right now. It's tough. It's tough for Cardinals. Stop it. It's true. Stop it. Cardinals have one win at State Farm uh, Stadium. The Eagles beat him there, and the Chiefs beat him there this season. They all have one win. So whoever wins the Super Bowl will have the most wins in that stadium this season. (laughs) Give me the Eagles, too. Uh, I like them to win and cover. Three points seems like enough. Uh, Follow-up question. Got two of them, actually. And if you got some, that's fine, too. Uh, If Mahomes loses, he drops to one and two. Does that mean anything to you? No, he made it to the Super Bowl. He he conquered the AFC three times in five years. Okay. Uh, If Andy Reid retires, what does that mean for the Chiefs moving forward? Uh, Eric, win win, win or lose, Andy Reid retires. Then what? Um, they get worse. Yeah. I mean, Andy Reid's that guy. Is Eric Bieniemy going to be hired up from then? We expect the same thing. Can't do that. Yeah, Mahomes just recently on the Nick Wright. Um. I shouldn't say the Nick Wright. The first things first TV show, Nick Wright's the, the host. Uh, you know, Joe Burrow recently said, our window is my whole career. Patrick Mahomes just basically said, like, as long as we have Andy Reid, we need to be considered a Super Bowl favorite. Yeah. Like, and I think he's spot on with that. I think Andy Reid has established himself as the offensive Belichick, and he's the current best head coach in the league, potentially. I think that's... I think that's fair. Yeah, got to have a quarterback to have that title, but he does. You so. do. You absolutely do. Um, cool. Super Bowl MVP, Jalen. A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown. MVP. Wouldn't that be crazy, dude? Titans trade A.J. Brown for a first-round pick. He gets Eight signed catches, and all of a sudden. Just... 11 yards, two tuds. Crazy. Um, man. Did you see when they were doing like radio row or whatever, like when they're interviewing the players and the coaches, a reporter or whoever got to ask Nick Sirianni a question. And he said, do you view this as a must win game? What? Another, uh, my buddy Chris at work was talking about this. Uh, Another guy was like, 
if there was one guy on your team that you wouldn't want to date your daughter, who would it be? And he said, my, oh, daughter's, my daughter's five. And my daughter's five. Next question. <laughs> like, what are we even talking about? Did he Like, you have all week to think of questions you're going to ask these players and coaches, and that's the best you got? Oh, boy. It's Super Bowl week. Okay. Uh, lots going on. Uh, Super Bowl's coming up. We just did this pod today. Dan and I back for college football next week. Three-year anniversary is on Monday of Real Talk. Three years of Real Talk. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, hopefully we got something cool planned for you guys there. Uh, this podcast, we did nothing but goats. Harry Potter, Tom Brady, LeBron James, Harry. Patrick Mahomes. Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. We went an hour. Uh, hopefully we did it justice. I think the longest we went was on Braun, but much deserved. So anything else? Nope. Hope all your favorite teams win all the time. Penguins won in overtime. Afghani Malkin to Sidney Crosby to Chris Letang. Beautiful thing. <laughs> Beautiful thing. That came off the cuff. I didn't even think about that. That a boy. That a boy. Hey, sometimes. Oh, goodness. All right. Super Bowl week. We're out. Real talk. Real talk, guys.